Views expressed by Casters Guild members are only the opinions of that member, and that could change from day to day. Guild members may use mature language, but that in no way means they are mature. Listener discretion is advised. After 140 episodes of Campaign 2, could you really sit through a seven-hour finale? You could certainly try. But what is really important is are we done with Critical Role, or are we impatiently waiting for Campaign 3? I guess what I'm really saying is, how do you want to do this? Because that's the spell we're casting tonight on Casters Guild. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode of Casters Guild. I am your guildmaster and victim of the Matt Mercer effect, Rick Perry. And I am your guildmaster, Baron. I'm pretty sure Rick just stole my line, Kane. <laughs> and joining us tonight is a returning guild member and a new one. Feel free to introduce yourselves. Uh, yeah, my name is Anthony. Uh, I am San Regal fanboy number four. And I am Josh, uh, critter extraordinaire and... I, I just I just like critical role. Yeah. <laughs> and in case you couldn't figure it out tonight, we're talking about the adventure zone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Dungeons and Daddies. Wow. <laughs> oh shit. Well, not, uh, guys, I, I haven't seen a lot of critical role, so I'm gonna have to get out of here. <laughs> I am. I am from the Baronies. I am from the Baronies. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight we're talking critical role. All right. Good talk. Yeah, just as a just as a uh, heads up, I am three hours from finishing campaign two. I am like halfway through that seven hour sit down. I was literally watching it before I logged on here. So it's a it's a trek. It is a journey. I watched it. So I never watch it live. I always watch it the Wednesday before an episode comes out. But I couldn't help myself i watched the first three hours up until break and then the next day finished it i i couldn't wait i don't want to wait for spoilers i had to watch it i'm used to be consistent watching it every single uh monday once it it uploaded to youtube and work you know work life uh kind of got ahead of me um but i've been watching it since episode four of campaign one fairly consistently because uh my buddy was like oh hey you like chris perkins right hey check out this thing uh, i've just been i've been watching since all the the, the cringe production and ever, now that they have their own studio and all this it's great it's been a nice it's been a great ride to kind of watch them evolve with their company from just being like you know just this little this little thing that they probably thought were going to fail, but they're like, whatever, we're going to give it a shot until like what it is now after the, the Kickstarter of a multi-million dollar animation campaign. The cutest, cutest thing in the world is watching in the beginning them getting people subscribing to their Twitch. Like they broke the thousand and they're like, oh my God, are you serious? Yeah. This is yeah. crazy. It was like, <laughs> You're so cute. Oh, and their dancing parties. That was. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Those were absolutely amazing. The, I still remember the, the Matt Mercer whenever he was. What is it? It's always clipped. Or not clipped, but it was always uh, um, just kind of. It pops up in my feed, uh, whether it be Reddit or Facebook, of him dancing solo and just people like laughing behind him, the rest of the cast. It's so great. <laughs> And I am halfway through episode 10 of campaign two, 
and am unsure if I'm going to continue. How long have you been on episode 10? For about a month and a half. <laughs> so <laughs> it is it is a trick. If it makes yeah. you feel better, I exclusively watch it at 1.25 speed. Oh, I have been when I do listen to it, I usually listen to it like at max volume on my headphones while I'm mowing my lawn. But I've got a little lawn. bit more than, that's a, that's uh, a, that's a hell of a lawn. If you... <laughs> it's a little more than an acre. So like it, it is, I do need something to do while doing it. Um, and once I ran out of episodes of Acquisitions, Acquisitions Incorporated, I began listening to Critical Role. So I don't know, I'm, I'm mowing my lawn tomorrow. So maybe I'll actually finish episode 10. I usually listen to you guys whenever I'm doing yard work. <laughs> I guess it's a good a good segue to Acquisition Incorporated because I mean really that's how they kind of paved the way. Maybe not them, but like that that group really paved the way for Critical Role to kind of be a thing, right? And, you know, they yeah. they're the ones that are like, yeah, sure, we'll give this a shot. Five E just came out. Let's uh let's give it a try. And then you know them and then Adventure Zone. Hold on, did Adventure Zone come out first? That I think it started back when they were still in fourth edition. Oh, did they really? I didn't. Yes, I thought they, the thought they started. Thing, no, the whole thing with Acquisitions Incorporated was Jerry Hawkins had no, not Jerry Hawkins, Mike Krahulik. Mike Krahulik had never played D and D before, and Jerry thought it'd be a really cool idea to record his experience, start playing D and D, and since they got Chris Perkins as the DM, um, there were even a couple times when they were kind of halfway advertising Fourth Edition products through the campaign of Acquisitions Incorporated. But that was back when it was just like a podcast. Like there mm. was no VOD, there was no video, there they didn't record it. And like there were no live shows, like it was just a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, now, once they actually were playing it like live on stage and like recording it live, it had switched to fifth edition by then. But it started, Acquisitions started fourth edition. Well, yeah. uh, Critical Role technically started as Pathfinder. You know, whenever they started recording is when they were just switching to fifth edition. So that's why whenever you whenever you listen to, you know, campaign one versus campaign two, they're still just like, I don't know what I'm doing. We're we're figuring this out, guys. Like, obviously, Matt Mercer had like a hand on it, but everybody else was like, (laughs) what what is that? What's the. uh... Them trying to like say like oh what's this skill what's that skill and then like oh I think that's investigation in this one like what's the you know yeah because I mean that's the kind of the situation I had when I was in fifth edition or going to fifth edition too because I uh, went from three point five and I went over to Pathfinder we started my home game campaign and with Pathfinder and then we went over to fifth edition as well and so like trying to find the differences of what this is versus this uh, it's not that big of a difference but like there's definitely um, a small learning curve. Well, terminology is a small learning curve. The overarching use of the game is a fairly large uh, learning curve. But on the other end of the spectrum, like it's it's a lot easier to understand. I think after you get past that little hump. I agree. Uh, fifth edition is definitely. I'm not gonna say watered down. I'm gonna say streamlined version of D and D for people who have never played D and D before. As someone, who, I started with Pathfinder and then I played 3.5 and then got into Fifth Edition. It was definitely easier to learn. 3.5 and Pathfinder are crunchy, and I love it. Like you can make exactly who you want to make, but 
I feel like you can technically, technically, uh, still do that with uh, fifth edition. It's just more based in the roleplay aspect. Yeah, and I think it makes it better for like creating content like Critical Role did is they, uh, the fifth edition just, I don't know, I just think it does it better. I mean, this kind of, they did a lot better with what fourth edition didn't do well with. They, they tried to make it very content oriented because they made it like a video game, but really, I really like the way that fifth edition does. And I really think that Critical Role couldn't have done as well as they did if fifth edition didn't have that kind of streamline of ability and make it so it's so easy for the their new fans to kind of be able to not only just consume the content but then go out and get the content play the game and then immerse themselves further in that community yeah i've said it before and i'll say it again fourth edition was a great miniatures game yeah. which does not which that that being said let me i say that from a place of love because I really started playing Dungeons and Dragons in fourth edition, and I still love fourth edition. I will defend fourth edition till the day that I die. I will die on this hill. Um, and I'm still waiting for the day that, like, okay, Baron, what do you want to do on the podcast? And he goes, All right, you're going to have two hours where I'm just going to demolish fourth edition and you have to defend it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a great miniatures game. It's not good for telling a story to somebody who's watching if you were to do a critical role style campaign or something like that for fourth edition you would have to have a camera on a miniatures map with a very clear indication of where everyone is and what's going on at all times and it just wouldn't it wouldn't go over as well i i speak from uh from a place of ignorance when i say that i've never played fourth edition i've only I'm not going to say I've only exclusively heard bad things about it, but i that's the reason I went from 3.5 to 5th edition and just skipped 4th because I bought into the I bought into the negative hype. You can absolutely change my mind because I <laughs> have no real opinion on it, and I'm always willing to learn. I just I skipped it. If, if you love playing Dungeons & Dragons for the story, then it's probably not for you. <laughs> I, it's it's like it's got its place, and I love it for what it is. But uh, if you're already in fifth edition, I mean, it, it says a lot. That, like I said, I love fourth edition, but my Sunday game that I run every Sunday is fifth edition. You know, it's it's yeah. still fourth edition. Basically, isn't Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, like it's got all the same characters and all the same names and stuff like that. But it, it, it like I said, it's a great miniatures game. Hey, listen, if I can still be a murder hobo, fuck it, I'm down. Oh yeah, you could definitely be a murder hobo in fourth edition. It's almost built for it. Yeah, I think that's a uh, most a campaign too, right? I mean, <laughs> it's it's murder hobo yeah. with with emotion. They have they have Jorhouse. emotion. Yeah, yeah. What? I had a question and I can't remember what it is now. Shit. Yay tangents. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll just edit this out in post, right? <laughs> you know, I, I unless would, I think it's funny enough, and then I'll just yeah, leave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I'm gonna follow that up with something completely off topic. Yeah. I'm just now noticing everybody here has an amazing beard. I'm just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> look at that mustache though. I mean, yeah. you got it. That's the only thing I can grow, so I I, I can at least do that, right? Right. <laughs> if I learn anything from Dexter's laboratory, it's the beard on the inside. Not the beard on the outside counts. You know what? That that speaks to the heart. <laughs> and, and, let me let me let me check. No. Nope. To be fair, uh, we had the done, and our illustrator added those beards, and we were completely clean shaven before they gave us these uh, 
Oh, these yeah. and then we had to grow the beard to match. We had to catch up. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was so much Rogaine involved. It's insane. It, like, it, I saw the receipts. If we're gonna make a public appearance, people are gonna expect beards. We gotta, we gotta, right. we gotta get on this. Really, the great thing is like the dye that you used, Baron, um, to match the uh, the striping. Yeah, and also like the blue and the purple. Um, also, you do you ever take that top hat off, Rick? You know, uh, just to shower, but I make sure nobody ever sees it. You know, it's... yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> just black out uh, all your windows. Exactly. Exactly. Not really, you if you have to black out your windows, you shower is a whole other issue. But you know, that's fine. <laughs> Fun fact: Did you know that uh, Molly Mock was actually not intended to be a, a second campaign character? Okay. Uh, no, I was not aware. So that was it. Was actually. It was in a D&D Beyond interview, uh, and Taliesin was saying that he was actually thinking up that character of, in case his first campaign character died, uh, Percy. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. it sure is unfortunate that it was Mullimuck who died. Though, I mean, I guess not unfortunate, because <laughs> it, like, it made great story, so... Really makes me wonder, like, you know, how much of this did he kind of... How, Matt being Matt, uh, how much did he have kind of planned out for the second campaign? Because really, like, I don't know, he just does it. He does it really well and make it sound like he had the whole thing planned out. Which really, I don't know. I, I could definitely off the cuff come up with some really great things for uh, uh, my campaign. Um, I think I heard them on record, like Talison, say that you know none of that was planned. But at the same time, I've run games before, and I've had character or players who want their characters to have a dramatic death and we play it out you know we have we have things it may not be planned it may not be scripted out but it, there could be a plan be like okay if you really want to go over and uh play caduceus then we can go ahead and get rid of molly this game we can make ashley birch feel like shit and and move on <laughs> she's so adorable she is yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm not as caught up as, you know, uh, two of our members here. Um I'm I'm at the 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 Yasha and Bo uh, love fest. That's about it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the ninja the ninja fight. Yeah. Um, hot dogs in action. Yeah, hot dogs in action. <laughs> just just wieners <laughs> flying everywhere. Which reminds <laughs> me, my favorite episode I'll, I'll say right now I haven't watched near enough of the first campaign. I haven't been a fan of the first campaign. Their, oh, I love their, the first campaign. Their characters great me. They're all the horrible people. They um, are. They are. And that is that is the point of campaign one. And Percy him or sorry, uh Taliesin himself said that nobody was supposed to like Percy. Percy's a, just a shitty person. And it, everybody just loved Percy. So yeah, I, I, I get I it. Get yeah, it. there it's like it's like uh what friends. Uh, the show Friends, really they're friends. all. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all terrible people. Like you're not you're not supposed yes. to you're not supposed to like them as people. I'm just supposed to entertain you. I disagree. I agree that Friends are all terrible people. Joey, the show they wrote the show. They wanted you to like those people. They wanted you to like like they thought they were likable. It is very later that people realized no, they're terrible people. <laughs> now, always sunny. Uh, was created with the intention that these are all terrible people. Recognize that they are terrible people. Now enjoy the show. You know that's probably why I don't like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
yeah, man, also like the like office. Is always sunny in Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Oh that's, god. That's funny. I hate it. Um, I see. Uh, there's no I see uh, Anthony's spacing out right now. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my favorite episode. My favorite episode because you brought up the the love fest. My favorite episode is when Caleb introduced the tower. Mm, that was good. It was so good because I live for shit like that when I'm mm -hmm. a player and when I'm a game master. I live for shit when people make stuff like that or they want to better the world that they're living in by creating something like that, like a town, a house, like design your house, design your home. I love it. I took a step further and started building terrain and it's been a downhill struggle ever since. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know I can definitely agree. Whenever Liam just pulled out the list, it's like, okay, here's what it looks like. Fantastic. I think my favorite episode is probably campaign one, the beach episode, where they go to the beach and it's and Terry and Darrington rips off the patch from his cloak and locks the two hounds into into vex and percy's room and they just shit on everything and just tear everything up and it's just this wild crazy absolute spontaneous moment of just pure chaos and hijinks and it's that fantastic always and sunny. I, yeah and i think that's what i loved a lot about campaign one is that it was it was filled with those moments especially with people like scanlan and grog in the mix like scanlan drinking the love potion it was like even matt mercer just tore up his his sheet for the night it was like well i guess we're doing this now it was <laughs> just just nobody could have expected it to go down like that and yet it did and he was just like okay cool we're doing this now and now scanlan's trying to fuck percy I think that um, for me personally, I think that Critical Role has not only just been a great way to consume like very like engaging content, but as a dungeon master, it's been like, oh man, this is a great way to, it's been a great inspiration. That being said, and this is a terrible way, thing to call it, but like the Matt Mercer effect is definitely a thing and something that I've also suffered with when I first, or not when I first started, but like after like watching Critical Role for, you know, the first two dozen episodes or something uh tried to pivot my dungeon master kind of i guess uh, style to that and while I, there's definitely things i've picked up that are that have consistently been a great addition i guess the the negative impacts because like first of all my players never asked me to be mammers or no i know a lot of players that would have after you know watching critical role but you you kind of like get down on yourself because you can't off the cuff t tell these amazing interesting stories or you like your prep work isn't nearly as good or like you know your encounters aren't nearly as uh like deadly or uh, they don't have that same impact but it's it's like it's a hard uh thing to get through and once you realize like oh this is a this is a game you know <laughs> like that's that whenever you get to that point i think it, it's just really like it, you stop treating it like a job, I guess, is where I was getting to. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't use critical role is to, oh, what was it? Critical role is to D and D like porn is to sex. You, yeah. you watch yeah. it because it's great, but like, you're not getting with those people. I, I have masturbated to critical role many times. Yeah. I mean, fanfic's great. Uh, mm, I think it's fine. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, who was needs it? fanfic when you have imagination? <laughs> and speaking of porn, no, um, I kind of uh, <laughs> piggybacking off that topic. It's it's one of those things that, I, the, yes, I will agree. The Matt Mercer effect is one hundred percent a thing, and it's and kind of you you said it yourself trying to incorporate the same tactics that Matt Mercer uses and and for a while I tried to do that as well and it made me learn and this is something that applies to all aspects of life that comparison is the thief of joy you know you, you like you said begin to treat it like a job and then it just doesn't become fun anymore you feel like you're not good enough I've never had a player who was just like this isn't good enough like it's it's something that I I hold my I hold myself to those standards, and when I finally was like, you know what, I will never be Matt Mercer, and I I, I got to stop trying to be Matt Mercer, and so I just make shitty goofy campaigns, and everybody has fun. Um, I, I, will, I will toss this out there to any dungeon masters listening right now. Yeah, if you ever, I've never had a player do this to me. I, I, but if you ever have a player come to you, and I, and I know this has been said before, and if they come to you and say, "Why can't you be more like Matt Mercer?" Ask them why they can't be more like Travis Willingham. Oh, please be more like Travis Willingham. Why yes. can't you play like Sam Regal? <laughs> right. <laughs> see, they 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 play. See, they they want to be like Travis Willingham, but they play spellcasters like Marisha Ray. That's right. I said it. Read your spells, Marisha. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, Marisha is absolutely amazing. Uh, I love her to death. She's incredible. She just has a very strong habit of not either not paying attention or not being prepared or just kind of misinterpreting things. And that's why Bo is perfect for her because all she has to do is pop, pop. I punch. I, I run around. I do some dope monk shit. I end my turn. Her note taking though is impeccable. Oh yeah, surprisingly, that's, yeah, it's that's it's, what I want. I want. I want a player like that. It has nothing I, to do with. Go ahead. I also give her credit because I normally play spellcasters. I am normally the wizard, the sorcerer, the warlock, and uh, every once in a while I'll play a monk. As a matter of fact, in Baron's most recent campaign, campaign I played a monk, and I found that complicated. I was like, I can spend key points to what? So, like, if she was struggling with spellcaster and then found her groove with monk, like, I, I I'll give her credit. Right. Yeah, yeah people's got their own uh, their own strengths as far as that goes. I, I mean, shit. Like, don't don't even you hand me a paladin. I'm just gonna be like, nope, nope. <laughs> too many well, spells. Man. You want to talk? If you want to say a wizard's got too many goddamn spells, look at <laughs> a cleric and a paladin because a cleric and paladin get all of their spells. You don't mm. choose. Oh, you get this many spells. You get them all. Fuck that. But before we get too far away from it, I do want to say, you said you accepted that you'll never be Matt Mercer. But I do want to say to all Dungeon Masters out there, including those who the cast, no, you never will be Matt Mercer. But I also guarantee you there are ways that you that Matt Mercer will never be you. Yep. There are ways that you are a you better Matt. Matt. You hear that, Matt? You're never going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's ruining the day now. Yeah, and damn, I, damn, damn. And I think, and I think that the, my favorite thing about Matt Mercer is that he would actually be happy about that and happy for uh-huh. you about 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's such a, like... His appearance on JoJo Cat's fucking... Uh, oh, yeah, the DM. The, uh, the DM, DM guy. One. Yeah. So maybe if you just took the time to engage with your players... Shut up, Matt Mercer. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. That's the, yeah, that's the that's show... A... Matt Mercer will throw pool noodles at you from the corner. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Mercer is such a genuine human being. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not so Baron. I'm not going to spoil anything for you because it happens at the very end of. But like, I, I saw like this much, and I was like, nope, I know what that is. Boop. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's it's not. If 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 anybody's gonna watch anything, Critical Role. Watch the very last five minutes of the episode and you will see genuinely how they are, how good friends they are and how much they love not only the game, but each other. It's this is this is why I watch Critical Role, because it's all genuine. They're all just hanging out, having a good time and making lots of fucking money. Yeah, (laughs) that that was the thing where you were talking about earlier about how. You know, if it becomes a job, you know, it starts to not be fun. Well, a lot of the benefit that these guys have is that it literally is their job now. Mm-hmm. They can take the time to put into preparing. Like, Matt can take the time to put into preparing these campaigns. And he has Dwarven Forge backing them up and throwing minis at them. And he has all, you know, they all have... Too. Yeah, they all have D and D Beyond and all the books. They have Wizards of the Coast. It, it's like you, you as a normal dungeon master working a nine to five job, cannot hope to have the resources that these guys do. So keep that in mind when you know you forget to prep and you have to run this whole game improv. Absolutely, and not just that, but they're all experienced voice actors. Like whenever I'm a dungeon master, my NPCs have like three, three to four accents, and that that's about it. They they uh, switch between the two, or and, and between also, the other two, and and, the, and then the three they have both uh, masculine and feminine versions of of those voices, and then that that so like six different voices. That that's good for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. You know, and also when I'm in character, I'm not. Like uh, the, recently, I played somebody with like a, uh, a a heavy Eastern European accent, and so I'm talking like this. And then sometimes I, oh, God, all right, I have to just like take a break from that for for a moment. These people are consistently keeping it up, and it's mm-hmm. it's that's, that's, oh that's why they go. Ahead. It is yeah. if you haven't, if anybody hasn't done this yet, go back to the first episode and watch it again. You you'll see how much Knots' voices change. <laughs> you'll, you'll, I mean, I mean, Talos. That was like not. Irish, right, or something like that, or like some who uh, not. Yeah. Uh, no, not was like it, it was straight out of Monty Python, British woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Like as yeah. Played okay. by Michael Palin. You know, <laughs> from someone who's still on episode ten can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> The, the uh, is completely lost, by the way, eventually. I've been working on all of my Chris Sabat voices, so now a bunch of my characters sound like the Wish version of All Might and Vegeta. <laughs> the Wish version? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I'm not a voice actor, so... 
Well, even <laughs> just to kind of uh, uh, co-sign on what you were saying, uh, Josh, is they uh, not only have they just been experienced voice actors, but they've also played these characters, uh, not the characters that they're playing critical role. They've also done that, but um, they've played like hundreds of different characters over all the, the, the acting that they've done. So really they have that experience of playing, immersing themselves into this character, into this, the, the, the character that they're acting or the portraying. Right. So it's, that is their job. It's something that they've, they've done for decades and they can easily go into it and easily kind of immerse themselves into their character. Whereas, you know, we do it, uh, you know, maybe one, if we're lucky two times a week and, um, you know, do it over um, either like beer and chips. And <laughs> and that's the other thing too you bring up is like, you know, it's easy for them to immerse in a character. They still voice act. So what's a better way to tell themselves to still voice act than yeah. this show that is on every Thursday where they do this accent? Mm-hmm. I absolutely. And I honestly, uh, you know, speaking of their voice acting, I remember when I found out that Travis Wilmingham was uh, Colonel Roy Mustang. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I lost my shit. I was like, no fucking way. That was me when I found out that uh, Liam was Gara. That was crazy. Uh, I still I've been watching uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure on Netflix. uh, The new one uh, with my son every Saturday morning, Saturday morning cartoons and uh, finding out that Matt Mercer was Jojo was kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's crazy. Yeah, well, I, not in the not in the original one, the the new one. I think it's season three that he's Jojo. Oh, really? I thought it was the entirety. No, because like the thing is, there's different Jojos. Um, um, like he starts voicing him. I think when the stands start, like he is the Jojo that has Star. Got it, got it. So you meet his grandfather, who is Joseph Joestar. Mm-hmm. He was the first JoJo in season one, and like he was like voiced by an entirely different character. Gotcha. So, full honesty, I'm also chasing a toddler around whenever uh, watching these, so I guess I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, no, uh, it's fine. He's... JoJo is crazy enough on its own. Like you, you yeah. don't have to... even if you I... had your full attention on it and missed it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I missed that. I just thought he was some sort of like immortal being that was just <laughs> lived through time or something like if that. You, and I know this is a supreme tangent, but if you watch that series long enough, you find out that JoJo has been like a kind. There's always been a JoJo, like as long as time is existent, there was a JoJo. And you find out uh, that Jehovah was a JoJo. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> Mind blowing. And, yeah, and yet somehow I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not either. That whole show is fucking clown shoes. How did we get here? Oh, Matt Mercer, right, right, right. Curse you, Matt Mercer. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. I was, I was playing a uh you guys familiar with the infamous games? It's like uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. intimately. Yeah. So the first, oh. the first the first statue I ever bought from a video game was from the infamous. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So I was, uh, I was recently, cause I didn't even know that they made like a little, another sequel kind of thing where it was a, it was a woman that was the main character. So I'm sitting there playing and I'm like, man, she looks really familiar. And I'm like listening. I'm like, man, she sounds really familiar. 
I'm is that Laura Bailey? <laughs> I'll be damned if I was. I was like just sitting there looking at her after I figured it. I was like, God damn, she looks just like her. Yeah, they've, they've yeah. been in a lot of great video games, haven't they? And then mm-hmm. was there like the Pillars of Eternity that had its own Critical Role thing mm-hmm. too? Yep. I haven't played it, but I've heard it. I think I I got it from Epic Games. I just haven't been able to play it yet. I have both of them, and I have barely played them. I played some of the first one, and the second one, I was like, I need to play the first one. So I started playing the first one. I was like, okay, I'm bored. Hey, ADD. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was uh, between work and attention deficit and everything else in this digital era it's kind of hard to sit down and consume uh, a video game like you used to yeah yep. you're not wrong i i do try sometimes but yeah, i use streaming as an excuse to play games now like i'm getting through subnautica but i mean would i if i wasn't streaming i don't know yeah <laughs> also like I... having kids uh, kind of kills it for you really like children are dicks when it comes to like you know wanting to have fun, <laughs> wow, thieves can't, of joy. Can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> the whatever Faye deal I made for my kid, it, it it's working out for me in that regards. Yeah, spawn's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I would I would not have played as much Fall Guys if not for Spawn. Oh, I mean, I like that. that's a. I feel like he's a pretty good comic character. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm incredible. <laughs> So what is your, I'm, I'm going to take over the question or a question for a second. Charity events, Critical Role does a lot of them. What's your favorite? Because mine is the, the, the Stephen Colbert Red Nose Day. I have okay. not sat down for all oh, of that. So, but oh, it's not that long. Like it, it's, it's like it, an hour or less. Yeah. I, I, I made it through like the initial like character creation. Yeah. Mm. I, I just, my favorite thing about that was just Stephen Colbert's face the whole time. He just mm-hmm. was so enraptured. He's like, mm-hmm. like a like a kid in a candy store. He was captivated. I, I kind of have a hard time believing, with as big as a Lord of the Rings fan as he is, that he's never role played before. Oh, he he used to be a huge D and D nerd back in the day, oh, but <laughs> yeah, he um he, you know, he's a well like he just probably doesn't have time to do that. He was so fascinated with the whole mm-hmm. thing. I was like, is this his first time playing? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe fifth edition. Um, probably, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, no, he, he's definitely role-played before. I just, it's just like, it, I, I think of it as a time where you haven't been able to play in a while and you're finally getting to play and then surprise it like the dm just goes above and beyond in every single aspect oh. you're like this oh, yeah. is what D D is supposed to be obviously <laughs> obviously not you know because everybody right. has a different version of D, but i feel like matt mercer creates the best cookie cutter version of D, or of what D aspires to be yep right uh speaking of i just had this i saw this meme like the a couple days ago, uh, that's how every great story story starts, right? I saw this meme a couple days ago, uh, and it, it was it was saying, okay, so the realistic version of the D and D movie has to be, you know, whenever if somebody in the and then the party dies, 
they have to uh, they have to make a new character and then just take over and it's the same person but nobody same says actor. anything about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and same all actor. of the in, all of the uh, NPCs are played by the same person as well. And I I thought I was like, look, if that if that's not what happens, the fans need to rise up and take control and just make that movie happen. Yep. Uh, right, Matt that's Mercer. That's like, just just get Matt Mercer in there playing the NPCs. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's a great web series. Yeah. Oh, Dear well, Critical you, Role. Man? Huh? Have you seen the uh, web series Epic NPC Man? Oh, yeah. I love Epic NPC Man. That's what I was thinking whenever I saw that meme. I was just like, oh, man, that'd be really good. But they, oh, they just play the same character, kind of. I think there's a couple that switch, but... Yeah. They uh they just did a, a piece of long-form content that was really, really did good. Did they really? Yeah, um... I wish I could remember the name of it now. What's the the Fisher's name? Like oh, the Morden. <laughs> yeah, Morden. Balin. 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 Thank you. Balin. So uh, there, it's it's like Balin's trail or Balin's track or something like that. Of course it is. And like it's just Balin, like all stuck on his like little track going around, and then uh, a player comes along and uses a recruit feature to put him in his party and like, forces him off his track and he doesn't know what to do. And like, he literally can't say anything other than morning. Nice day for fishing, ain't it? <laughs> and, but they tell this amazing story. Like if you like MP Epic NPC, man, you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Like, uh, I, I forget how long it is, but it's, it's good. Which, which thinking about voice acting and stuff like that, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like if they had a recruit feature in an actual game, but they never recorded any more lines for this NPC. This <laughs> <laughs> lazy, uh, lazy game developer. Yes, it's called Balin's Root, and it's thirty-seven minutes long. Okay, I might watch that tonight. Is that on YouTube? Yep. Okay, I might watch it tonight. Uh, yeah, it's uh okay. So it's Viva La Dirt League. I fucking yes, they're amazing. So I will. It, it is on my to watch list <laughs> but yeah i guess in terms of charities and stuff that they, they just started their own charitable organization didn't they mm-hmm. like in, mm-hmm. uh, actually in charge of running that one sure is yeah i i really like that i like you know they're doing really well for themselves and they're going out of their way to try to give back to whatever community they happen to be involved in or have an interest in so Absolutely, and then yeah. they just made their you know board game company or their game company. Oh yeah, I have no regrets in saying that I bought the their Munchkin and Katoa. <laughs> Every time, so uh, it when I so I played it for the first time on Sunday at our you know Critter Austin Critter meetup, and I. Every time I was reading it, every time you know the name came up, I was like, and dramatic pause. Ukatoa. Just whispered it every single time. And then everybody else whispered it. And it was and I was like, I'm I'm with my people. This is this is who I need to hang this is who I need to surround myself with forever. I think yeah. I think it's great being like a fly on the I, I would love I would love to be a fly on the wall to so like anybody else in like the I guess audible area. This is like listening to this, these group of people just going, Ukatoa. 
<laughs> if they've never seen Critical Role, Elite Campaign 2, they're probably like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Uh, we'd oh, all just like whisper, Ukta, and then just look at them, stare. <laughs> We're all watching the fucking game. And speaking of cult followings um, in Critical Role, I mean that's 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 great. That's a great example of uh, of that. But like the cosplay community around Critical Role is amazing too. Just like I mean, I've met uh, just in our small little bubble here in uh, well, I don't say small in our bubble here in Austin, some amazing cosplayers that have done a great work. And like uh, I, I don't know when I think of cosplayers, like the the amazing work that they do i don't think of like oh yeah that person might be my friend or like i might know that person like you know fairly uh, uh well they've they have sparked imagination in most facets of creative content but uh or in a lot of uh facets but cosplay has like kind of been their jam uh for a while that and fan art but i mean fan art you find everywhere but like i've i've met people they're like oh i got into cosplay because of critical role and then it just kind of exploded from there actually I, that's um the the fan art that's how i met asafoli is the one the who did our profile picture oh awesome I, I met them doing critical role art i that on tiktok i followed them and they followed back and it was just like oh yeah i love your art they still haven't put any in for the submissions and, and ah, so sad well, I guess they'll have to wait a little while. A little bit. <laughs> but the best thing about it is that had art on our stream before Critical World did. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, take that, Matt Mercer. Okay. Take that, Matt. Damn it. I was gonna say <laughs> just, just everything, everything. You know, you say, we did it first. You can't be Matt. Anthony. Take that, Matt Mercer. <laughs> I feel like I feel like right now his ears are ringing, or he just like sneezes. He's like, some fool is cursing me. <laughs> Before the Who end dares of the summon the Mercer. Before the end of the episode, one of our guild decrees is going to be fuck Matt Mercer. <laughs> his, his video chat just pops up over here. Like, Matt Mercer, I'd like to know your location. <laughs> Everybody, don't move. His he can only sense motion. Is that, fuck is that the <laughs> Shit, he brought Talison with him. Oh hell! We're fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, we're dead. <laughs> There's a Lovecraftian creature, um, <laughs> in the embodiment of a human form. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I was, uh, speaking of you know that's cryptids earlier, right? <laughs> there's there's yeah. one right there. Yep. Talison, the resident critical role cryptid. Mm-hmm. It's canon. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's 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 working its way into in in the guild decree at least. It's, it's real close. Real close. <laughs> yeah. All right. Guild right. decree. Matt Mercer can never be me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. That's a good wow. one. Wow. Yeah. Guild decree. You know what? And he, what? I just feel like one day he's gonna randomly find this and he's gonna cosplay <laughs> as you, and then your decree will be fucking nothing because Matt you, Mercer will become you. <laughs> he would not be the first person to cosplay as me. Believe it or not. Nice. So even then, fuck you, Matt Mercer. You will be the first person to cosplay. <laughs> no, he's wow. just going to take over your actual life. He'll come home. He'll be cuddling with your wife. And- oh, God damn it. And I bet, damn, I damn, bet damn, he damn. can hear your voice too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, 
I will say the fucked up part is this will be the part of the podcast he hears is us just ragging on him. He won't hear any of the other stuff that we've said about him. And he's just going, no, fuck these guys. <laughs> he starts to hashtag cancel caster skill. <laughs> no, and like uh, Taliesin's going to be there comforting him and his eyes are going to glow. And then all of a sudden. And then we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Send their, send their, uh, their resident monk, Marisha Ray. Oh, God, I'm terrified now. Don't, the, we can't air this just... episode. They'll just send their they'll just send their CEO they'll just send their CEO to come kick her ass, which is you know Travis. I'll I'd pay him for it. I don't care. Yeah, you know what? That's, I mean, you know, that's not my kink, but it could be. Yeah. Well, you, everybody else has Lady D. I got I got Travis W. Hey, and there we go. We we added Lady D into this episode too. You're welcome. That's right. We did it. We did it. <laughs> got it. She's made got a it. lot. Made a lot of appearances in season two. Let me tell you. No, if now nothing. I need to, I need to see Travis Willingham cosplaying as Lady D now. Look, I got Photoshop. We can make this happen. Hey, look, I've got a fly swatter. We can make this happen. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I don't know if I'll leave this in or not, but I am currently going to share a screen with with all of you. Uh oh. Um, oh no. Something I noticed this morning with the Casters oh, no. Guild. If you look at our total plays of all time. Hmm. Oh. Bitch. Hold on. Where is it? Uh, what do you want? Anchor? Cool. Anchor. I can make this happen. Um, <laughs> is it anchor.fm? So, yeah, but like we're at 665. So oh, wow. this would be when all of a sudden uh, Taliesin would come in <laughs> shift it over to triple sixes. <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm going to go in after Anthony uh, just uh, to be chaotic uh, and make it 667. Well, I mean, that's really, really, we just need that to happen to keep our own asses safe, for sure. Yes. <laughs> right. We need to open that door and close it right back. Yep, 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 yep. It's like opening Pandora's box, but just a little, just a, just a piece. <laughs> just a... You have your just, chance, yeah, just for a second, just to see how it feels. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I have to make it happen. You, you did this. <laughs> you have to be the one. Yeah. All right, I have you guys up already. So, oh, oh no, oh, more doing beer? it. I already, I'm already playing it. <laughs> I, I, did I wonder how quickly it'll register on our uh, on our hosting app. Right. I I, I'm just gonna let it let it go at like one percent volume. Uh, that way, uh, it counts as a play <laughs> for a while. Time. <laughs> yeah. Got to got to play the game. Well, you've got two at least. So yeah, there's six, six, six for a second, and Talison almost got in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, yep. Talison's like, my chance is now, and then, or however no. the hell, <laughs> just gonna yeah. wait 999 more times. It'll pop up again. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just coming over here, and Talison's goes uh my time is now. <laughs> and then, oh, damn it. Yeah, oh. Oh. <laughs> we thought we were safe. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we kind of derailed there. How were we in this? I have no idea. <laughs> wow. we, we went on a tangent about just how amazing tele, uh, uh, Matt Mercer is, and then no, somehow... Right? 
we were possessed uh, with the spirit of talking about Talos and Jeffy. Would that and be would that be the spirit of Sam Regal at that point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Or Liam. Worried about Talos and Sam really did get in. Mm, oh wow! <laughs> you, you know sure he did. did. <laughs> Sam, you're welcome next time. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna say it. I don't care who knows it. I voted for Sam for president. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I don't, I, don't care who knows it. I think I did too, actually. No, I can't I remember. That was like that was that was 2020 ago. Like that was yeah. there is yeah. like so long. I, so long. A month a month of that year felt like a whole year itself. So I was 16. My I didn't have I didn't my, have a beard. My dirty little secret is that I didn't vote because I live in Tennessee and I know how the electoral college works. Mm. I don't know anything about uh, your governor, but we have Abbott. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the Tennessee Cruz. governor is not far off, but I mean, Arizona voted blue. So that's that's the thing that happened. Yeah, but now yeah. he's he's not going to side with Democrats on partisan issues because he's like, well, they should all be nonpartisan. <laughs> like you realize where the fuck we live, right? There's no such thing as <laughs> like nonpartisan in the United States. Uh, po- politics doesn't exist. Speaking of Sorry. politics, let me take my soapbox. And throw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of politics, I think that Critical Role has always done really good at the the political like kind of a lot of a lot of D and D that I've experienced has been very big monster in front of you, go kill it, collect reward. It's kind of like you know the jam, but like a lot of things that I guess. DMs and players just kind of shy away from is like the political intrigue of, I guess, just like living in some kind of world like this. So you don't really talk about like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the back end kind of, uh, what is it? Espionage of, you know, assassinating this dude that's in line for the throne. So his, the, uh, by the, uh, the, the next in line or something like that. I mean, that one's actually more likely, but like the political, like repercussions is more. Love it. Yeah, I live for that, and I suck at playing it or like running it. <laughs> one of my one of my big, biggest campaigns was a character decided that she wanted to be a wood elf princess, and next in line to be the arch druid. And I was, and then she decided to run off away from all of her responsibilities because she was set to be married to a prince from the high elves in order to create peace between the high elves Fucking and the wood elves. God. But then. <laughs> She ran off and decided not to do that because love conquers all. She ran off with her half-elf boyfriend. And because of that, uh, war. So, like, and, like, they had to deal with all of that. And, like, I got some backlash from the players at first because they're like, why are you punishing her for running off with her true love? And I'm like, I'm just doing what would actually happen. Like, deal with it. Like, I'm not saying that what you did was wrong or the wrong choice, but, like, there are consequences. Yeah, absolutely. You chose Troy, that like you just, for it. I mean, yeah. You really just did Troy in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And speaking of High Elves, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I don't care who hears it. Fuck the Somerset Isles. That's right. Fuck you, High Elves. <laughs> White Concordant was bullshit. All right? The White Tower Concordant, fuck you. <laughs> Weren't the, the High Elves in uh, Critical Role? Wait, wait no. Who was... Who's that? Vexen? That's an Elder Scrolls. Story. No, no, I know, but like the Vexen, uh, Vexen Vax, yeah. Their their father was some fucking douchey politician, and they were half elves. 
but was the they were like in the the Feywild, weren't they? Or did they? Yeah. So uh, essentially, whenever all that shit happened with uh, the Chroma Conclave, their Elven City was like, yeah, no, we're piecing out to the to the Feywild. That's right. And yeah. So when they were in the Feywild, they're like, oh shit, hey, look, there's our dad's. Uh, I can't remember if they went there specifically looking for no, because I think they went specifically for the for the bow, uh, for the vestiges of divergence, and so they it just happened to be like, oh shit, hey look, there's our dad's city. Let's go say hello. Oh hey, I, I grew up there. Why is it here? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love to like live in a. A world where your house can just—I well, guess—I mean, there's, there's trailers. I don't know. Is it? Would that be? Would that be magical trailer at that point? Mm, it, I mean, if your trailer could like teleport to another plane of existence. I don't know how much time you have. But really, uh, what is driving except for teleporting? I, I ran a changeling the dreaming game with magical trailers. Jesus, Shit, <laughs> let's let's not even go there. Changeling the dreaming was just—it's. You want to talk about clown shoes? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're not even getting it into Mage the Ascension. <laughs> oh, that's actually um, the first role playing game I played. Wow. Uh, so I, I I had this random thought, and of course it was a, a thought that <laughs> I would have. So imagine you're like you're you're in your city, and you're like, all right, cool. It's fucking. I'm I'm home by myself. You know, the wife and kids are gone. I'm a fucking you know get it on. And then all of a sudden you're you're about to hit the climax and then boom, you're in another plane of existence. Get no more internet. It's just gone. It's like well, fuck, how am I supposed to that mean that isn't that is that not just a wild magic sorcerer? <laughs> it depends on how high he casts that level spell. I mean, really does he have a choice? I mean it's it's wild magic. Yeah. Well, I mean at that point then we're talking about wild magic barbarians who every time they rage get get an actual effect instead of a chance of a, of an effect. I just love the idea of like every time there's some kind of kind of emotional or hormonal response to anything like climaxing. That'd be fun. I'm going to play I'm going to I'm going to make a game make a character off of that someday. It's going to be for one of the one shots. Baron. Okay. Okay. Nice. So basically you you finish and then turn into a potted plant. Oh yes. boy! Yep. <laughs> and it <laughs> just <laughs> you just hear. Uh. <laughs> and so, so what you're saying is, every time you come, you soil yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. You, can, you can leave now. You can oh, leave. oh, that was good. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. I mean, those these puns are really growing on me. Oh God damn it. Oh. How much pot did you smoke? Uh, <laughs> hmm. I'll tell you about it here in this leaflet. No. Nope. All right, we're branching off here, guys. <laughs> we really need uh, to get back to the root of the issue. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. That was ooh, that was subtle. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know how I do. <sighs> I hate it. Elementary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were we talking about Critical Role somehow? I think so. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Let's keep it on topic. What about that Henry Crabgrass, huh? No, consent, oh. please. Yeah. <laughs> and, you I... know, actually, that, that reminds me of a thought that I had earlier that was kind of relevant to a topic that we were talking about 
which I don't exactly remember the topic, but I like that, uh, especially in campaign two, Matt Mercer makes everything inclusive without focusing on it. So he has androgynous characters, gay characters, trans characters, uh, wheelchair bound characters, but well, it's, he it's ended up being one of my favorites too. the, the, I can't remember his name, but the dude in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I also oh, forget his name. Also, oh. no! <laughs> <laughs> no! Cue, cue it up, Anthony. Cue it up. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, uh, damn it. Where is Where is For any listeners who don't know what's going on, our audience is Jerry Hawkins might let you know that's that's the number of the beast. Yeah. Is it? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Um Brock Lesnar? <laughs> Brock Lesnar, no. <laughs> oh my god. Have you seen Have you seen the, the the I think they were TikToks and it was the dude from Modern Family. I can't remember his name. He's like I'm so angry. I'm going to punch the next guy I see. And he like goes over a little bit. Brock Lesnar's right behind him. He's like, gosh damn it, Brock. <laughs> like, he walks away. It's me, Brock Lesnar. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but to kind of reel it back in. Uh... <laughs> I know. You can't reel it back in after Brock Lesnar. No, <laughs> that's my new ringtone. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> uh, and now for something completely different. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, what you're gonna say? <laughs> so, <laughs> Brock Lesnar. No. Um, yeah. So, I, I I just love how. Inclusive, he makes it he and without focusing on it because that's always the thing, especially now with it being Pride Month. Every fucking logo now is going to have rainbow stripes, and mm-hmm. it's it's focusing on it. It's like, haha, here's this beacon of how how uh, progressive we are, and so it, it really I found it awesome that he just included it without focusing on it. Yeah, it was a part of the narrative. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, you have to help uh, this uh, obviously trans person or something like that. It's like, no, right. these are just normal people going about their oh. lives, and that's how it should be. I, I, there's been a few times where he's just introduced the character, and he would they would ask, oh, it's like you know what are what what do they identify? Or he's like, what are their pronouns? You know, what are they? He's like, oh yeah, well they're you know mm-hmm. he she or you know they just. And like some of them, you know, he like you said, didn't just put a big fucking billboard on it. But yeah, this character's trans, and mm-hmm. that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, like, like that, a good example. Like uh, I think I think that like someone has dropped the ball is like Star Trek, where you know they had their they had their social issues and their progressive attitudes and stuff, but it was never like a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. And then you got. Star Trek Discovery, and they're just like, oh no, this is a big fucking deal, and we're putting a big billboard on it because we want people to notice that we are drawing attention to these things. It's like, it's not, I appreciate what you're doing, but you're not making this seem like a nap. You are so far into the future where everything is cool and everything's accepted, but you're still drawing 
that kind of heat for shit like that. No, no, no. That should be something that people just accept without even having to draw attention to it. Yeah, if you, if well, you have to, if you have to make it a statement, then if you have to make it a statement as being like an ally, then you really, yeah, that's all you're doing is just making a statement. If he he does really well, and like all the characters, uh, the actors do really well, and just kind of making it just a thing by just incorporating it because that's exactly what it should be like. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then they're just doing it because that's just who they are as people, uh, not because oh, we're supposed to act like this, right? Yeah, and and that was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't think Gene Roddenberry had anything to do with uh, Star Trek Discovery, did he? Okay, and and you see that's yeah that that I I'm not a Trekkie. Uh, I like I like Star Trek, but yeah, but that was the thing. That was Gene Roddenberry's thing is that you know he did it to address these issues, and he didn't make a huge deal out of it. He was like, oh. This is what's happened. Like the first interracial kiss on television, boom. I mean, he all uh, Star Trek right. almost got canceled for that, right? Or and and it's like and and you know they just kissed. That's what it was. It wasn't like, oh, I can't help but notice that you're black. Oh, and you're white. Let's kiss. But you know what I mean? It's like Forbidden they didn't. Fruit. Just, yeah. You are two people who are attracted to each other, and you're kissing. Boom. I mean, it is shit. So, huh? What? Rick? I said that's all it had to be. Yeah. And and like um like the big thing that they were doing Discovery is one of the characters uh is non-binary and yeah they're non-binary and like they made a big deal like hey no I actually identify as you know they and it's like okay but if the writers were really taking into account Star Trek or what was going on that wouldn't have needed that the other characters would have already been referring to them as that yeah yeah right and, and even like, like you know characters in critical role where they're like they it's it's something where it's it's subtle i guess is just kind of like you know what they're they're how they're interacting with these characters and if it's not like you know if one of the uh characters is npcs make the uh if, if one of the player characters are speaking to one of the NPCs and they, I guess, slip up a pronoun or do something like that, then Matt's just like, oh, this is actually this. And they're like, oh, cool. And then they just fix it right there. Like, it's not, it's not, oh, and actually. Yeah. Um, I, you know, binary. And so all this talk about Star Trek uh, is, uh, is making me think of something that's, that's a little off topic. George not Takai, in this episode, sir. George Takai <laughs> reading Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> if you oh, if you've never uh, seen that video, boy, is that is that amazing? Now, obviously, he doesn't read the whole thing, but it's like he's like reading it, and it's incredibly graphic and descriptive. And then it gets to the end, he's like, <sighs> and he touches her clitoris. Oh my! <laughs> uh, nothing will ever be as erotic as Gilbert Godfrey reading Fifty Shades of Grey. So wow, oh, wow. Man. Mm. Holy shit! This is erotic. Wow, it's I like I cannot even do it. It's like, I, I, like that that equivalent to hearing him reading that is like <laughs> having sex with a cheese grater for your ears. Don't you threaten me with a good time? <laughs> <laughs> Don't kink shame me. Hey, hey, I'm not kink shaming you. I'm just telling you what's in store for this weekend. Uh, okay, right. it's yeah, BYOC. Right. Bring your own cheese grater. Will be B I C G or bringing in cheese? Am I yeah. the cheese? The safe word is the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> the entire thing plus the signatures. Yeah, correct. Yeah, in order. 
Speaking of which, Tusk Love, how about that? Oh boy. Oh, I like how it just like it it made all these random but memorable appearances. Yeah. Like Ford's uh, former captain was the sinister and yeah. uh, you know, I, it, it's been out for a while. I don't, it, he was in his shack whenever they scried on him, and he was reading Tusk Love. <laughs> yep. I also like the callback in the very beginning of uh, the game. I don't remember which episode, but where they brought in Tarion's book. Yes, that was really absolutely. good. That was really Did good. Did you watch the one shot? The I was there. I went. Yeah. I saw it live. Oh shit! I was yeah. supposed to go and bills i had to sell the tickets but wow. i was super upset yeah and then and then the like, covid happened like six months later and i was like son of a bitch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i i've never been to gen con but not probably not this gen con but the next gen con i'm gonna gonna go i'm gonna see me some fucking critical role live yeah i, I want to go to gen con next year too as long as depending on what we do because usually we'll go to the mothman festival for my daughter's birthday Mm-hmm. And it happens the exact same weekend, so we'll we'll see how it goes. And I don't know why, but the Darrington Brigade one shot really kind of ties into my big desire for season for uh, the third campaign. I have an overwhelming need for Travis Willingham to play oh, yeah. Luke Bernardo. Uh. <laughs> so Luke Bernardo is the son of that Bernardo. And since you're only in episode 10, Beth Bernardo is actually not the brave. Okay. So not has a son. And she ends up starting to hand down certain skills to him. But he's okay. also like skills Violence. from his father, who's an alchemist and stuff. So it's like this character, this this NPC has all the makings to being this badass character. Not to mention Caleb trains him is going to train him personally. Yeah. So yeah, you got this, you know, essentially this wizard rogue who has to already technically have a level of rogue already. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Can wow. You imagine? Oh. Are you, let's see how, how far behind are you, Anthony? Um, the Yashin Bo Love Fest. Okay. The, um, the Wieners, Wiener Ninjas. Did they, they didn't go to um, the fire plane yet, did they? No. No. Okay. Oh, I man. Thought... Okay, cool. So I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, man, that, that was. You should was really the... check out my Twitter feed from that day. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Wait, are you talking about like the, the Minotaur? No. no. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No. So I know that, that there was the whole like just, minotar just wait. simp. Just okay. wait. When, when you get to the fire plane, you'll know what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. It was. was yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that that happened. Yeah. It, shit. It's I'm gonna have to go fucking watch. I had to go purge through all this shit now. Yep. 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 Anyway, <laughs> it, let, let's let's change the topic because I really want to talk about it more, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't want to. You're you're close. You're close enough for it to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Right. Yeah. Like uh, like I don't mind talking about it. Like with Rick only being at like the tenth. Ten. Like, yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Rick. <laughs> 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 fuck you. <laughs> 
and Matt Mercer can go hide in the corner. <laughs> what is it? You and Matt Mercer can go in the field with the other buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really excited. It's like I, I know I know this campaign just ended, but I'm so excited to see what they do. Yeah. Like I almost hope they do like a uh like you know how like you know the football season has like a draft and like they, they do their draft and then it goes into the football season. I want them to do a fucking pre-season fucking episode where they're like building their characters. Session or, zero. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or session, session zero or yeah, I don't even mind if they don't do the if they don't televise the session zeros because all of them are going to get a session zero. Right. But um, but even then it's like just but I, I don't know. I guess. Where do you think it's going to take place? Do do. Oh. Mm, I, I I hope it's in Vasselheim. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. What, what they should I, do is do the content. same thing they did with Orly and mm-hmm. have everybody just died based on I think it was like. Uh, it was a charity drive where they were trying to um, like at a certain like l- numbers they they got unlocked something new about like ha- what was new about Orly I think um, mm-hmm. and it was Louisiana turtle guy who uh, uh, had bagpipes installed on him <laughs> his turtle shell. That was wow, fantastic. you know it all it all makes sense. Designed? Was that? That's how he got designed. Yeah, it was some sort of like. By the fire, Matt Mercer in a, a silk red robe, drinking wine, and uh, you know Brian uh, made his cameo. It was great. I watched like half of it, and I was like, "All right, this is fun. I'm done with it now." Um, <laughs> I, again, attention deficit disorder. Like I can only watch this. Bored kind of now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Whatever will happen with campaign three, with how successful the books for like the Taldori campaign setting was, and everything like that, I'm sure it'll be something they can make a book out of, well, like being a campaign. Or a new class was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like it, it's how it's straight from the mind of Matt Mercer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With how successful those books were, I'm sure it'll be something that they can sell a book out of. I have a couple oh, of books, and I know that I have the first one. The the I think Tell like this reason. tale of uh tale of Vox Machina or something like that. The uh the first one that they did, and I was looking up because I'm designing a bookshelf for behind me, uh, and you guys can't see because green screen. But the you can't get that book anymore and <laughs> it's selling for like stupid expensive and i'm like i'm just trying to find the dimensions of this without having to go get my tape measure because i'm lazy <laughs> and i'd rather look it up on my phone but since it's not on amazon anymore i can't do it but i mean the it's weird having such a it's weird having like a, a community based around this that made it so popular that they are buying and sell like people are selling these on eBay for like a hundred something dollars. When I bought it, I think for like less than four, maybe $35 with shipping. And that was like a long time ago, but I mean, they were still doing campaign one at that point. So I'm not going to sell mine, but it's nice to know that I have a, a no longer in print kind of book, a, a collector's item, if you will. Right. Just had to keep it up away from my, you know, that asshole I was talking about earlier, toddler. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, crazy. Don't talk about Thomas and Jaffe like that. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy amount of books. <laughs> my book back. <laughs> crazy amount of books. Crazy amount of merch. You know, you've made it when you have a Funko Pop made. Funko Pop made. Oh yeah, Man, that's that's goals. That's where you know you made it for sure. Like, I don't even watch Critical Role, is, but I still got a Grog Strong Gel pop sitting on my shelf. I don't it, collect like Funko Funkos. Pops? 
or yeah. the body pillow that would you know when you made it? Uh, I mean, there's a body yes. pillow for everything. I have my Anthony <laughs> Bottom pillow. Yeah. Uh, I actually just watched washed anybody so. mm. anybody who's got a printer and a dream can make a body pillow. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> a printer in a dream. <laughs> Damn it. Wow. Uh, I, I, I don't collect Funkos, but I got the Vox Machina one. So I was like, because oh, I, I intend on putting them on a, on a shelf uh, when I get a bookshelf. And I'll have just essentially a critical role row. And that'll be it. Yeah. That's what I say. That's what I tell myself. And then I keep getting all this fucking critical role merch. And I'm like, it's 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 going towards a room. bookshelf. Like it's, I wouldn't say a room, a quarter, maybe. I've, I've, well, we'll see how we'll see how campaign three pans out. I've had plenty of my players show up with like dagger, dagger, dagger shirts, character themed dice sets, and then like I said, my my personal dungeon master mug, which was gotten to me by my wife, who happens to be one of my players, says you can certainly try right across the front of it. Just because that's the one part of the Matt Mercer effect I adopted to do really enjoy. So yep, same yeah, here. It's like a absolutely this <laughs> See, I I didn't buy the mugs. I have a really good mug that I got at a Renaissance Festival, and like, I, so I'm not gonna get a mug. I I'm not gonna get the the pins or anything like that. I'll get some shirts because they're honestly really comfortable shirts. Uh, I, I'll get. I'm yeah. not going to get the 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 theme dice. I already have a fuck ton of dice. I don't need to buy more expensive dice that aren't like, you. that aren't you like. Son of a bitch, oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me let me finish. That aren't like wormwood or like the really uh, beautiful, amazing looking dice. Because like they're they're theme dice. They're not. They're just kind of like plain dice. I'm mm. talking about like I. I there are my dice box no, oh, man! I wanted to get that uh, that beanie because I don't really wear head headgear at all because uh, I don't really think beanies look good on me. But it oh, looks so comfortable, it, and I was like, looks, "Nice." I would I would sleep in that if it was ever like chilly. My ears get a little chilly, you that, know. That and I would totally live in Jorah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty much our snack. Yeah, goth girls are there. <laughs> yeah, my, my my teenager is also very much the Jorha Sienna stick. Well, she's she's changed over to like the pastel kind of goth recently. So, which I'm sure there's some city in Jorhas that does pastel goth. I mean, here at Jorhas, you know, anything is game. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all Jester is. It's just a pastel goth. That's true. That is true. Oh man, that that the goth line of uh, uh, Mighty Nine. Shit was hot. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was never into fan art as like until Critical Role. Like I, I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool, whatever. But now I'm like, fuck, that's dope. Holy shit! And I'm just like, like consume. Like I follow artists now because of I've seen their stuff from Critical Role or something like that. I mean, yeah, like just like what you're saying. The uh, you're, you got your your whole shindig from that uh, from one of them. Yeah. Yes. And like you were talking about cosplay earlier, I mean, mm -hmm. look at Jenny D. Yeah, uh, yep. I was following. I was following her when she was doing uh, her Arya Stark, and oh, you yeah. know, oh, I, I, so I, good. Yeah, oh yeah, so good. But then Jester happened, and it was like, holy shit! And then she just exploded. I mean, I'm not saying she was a small artist before. You know, she right. had a following, but oh man, exploded. her goth Jester was 
Oh man, have you heard her version of when he cheats where she sleeps? No. Oh my goodness, it is amazing because she does the whole song in Jester's accent. Uh-huh. It's that's awesome. Fantastic. Highly recommend it. Where she sleeps. It's about Ford and Avantika in the in the voice of Jester. <laughs> ten ten. Question. Yeah. Do you Will you stop being a Critical Role fan if... The first they of all, they're called Critters. Sorry, right. sorry. Will you stop <laughs> being a Critter if Mark Hamill does not play Vecna? Yeah, I, would, I, I don't know. I think I would rage quit because there's they brought... So, well, they didn't do anything, really. The fan base did. And just like any fan base, they ruin everything. But the hype around, like... Mark Hamill doing Vecna after like you know consuming his content for like you know the Joker and everything else that he's done as just this amazing villain. Oh God, I would cream. super robot monkey force hyper super robot monkey oh, Jesus. force go. I I would as that's a, fan, a show that lived in the recesses of my mind that I totally <laughs> forgot about. I you said Mark something Hamill's the main villain. He does a great job. You awoken something in the back recesses of my mind and I can't place it. But now I'm gonna. What'd you say? I really liked him as the trickster. Super robot monkey. Hyperforce ghost. That's enough. That's yeah, a, super robot, super robot monkey, monkey will find something on Google. I think it's super robot monkey team hyperforce go. I believe. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. It, it rolls um, off the tongue like it should. Yeah, yeah. yeah so many mounds in there, you'll find something. Robot monkey team hyperforce go. When you're in trouble, it's a name you should know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Wow. <laughs> wow! 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 And Mark Hamill does the the villain for that show. It's it's excellent. It's, it, everybody always talks about Mark Hamill as the Joker, but like he, his voice acting is excellent in that. Uh, yeah, he plays show. an amazing villain. Uh, anything that, knocker. That's the villain. Wait, what? No, no, another villain he plays. Oh, Cockknocker. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, come again, Cockknocker. <laughs> <laughs> was that another pun? <laughs> it's funny. The first I mean, thing I remember him in after Star Wars was Giver. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a Japanese manga anime that they turned live action, and it's like super violent. And but he was in that. That was funny. Yeah, I'm just not caught up in my my Japanese content. It's really old too. I think I was still in high school, maybe, hmm. or just out of high school. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds... But I will say this. In in terms of Mark Hamill doing the voice of Vecna in that, if he does not, I would turn to the fans and say, don't be disappointed. You should have donated more to the Kickstarter if you wanted more. <laughs> Look, this you is know, your fault. Mark, Mark Hamill, I, I like... I'm sure Mark Hamill would do some shit for like free or like at the least super cheap oh, if sure. he really believed in it. Yeah. Um, like uh, this one time, he just showed up to some random girl's birthday because like she wrote him a letter about it. So Mark Mark Hamill does what the fuck Mark Hamill wants. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I mean, does he know any of the Critical Role people? Does he play D and D? Does he have like a vested interest in the D? Okay. So like, it's it's a. In the general nerd community, I'm sure they've at least talked or, like, he knows of them or is aware of them. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if Matt Mercer has him on speed dial because of all, like, the shit that Matt Mercer's been in. Well, okay. 
with all of them being voice actors, especially, yes, okay, that makes, that does make a lot of sense. I'm sure that they are aware of each other. Mm -hmm. well, of course, who's not aware of, Matt, of Mark Hamill? I get it. But, yes, I'm, I'm sure that Mark Hamill has probably been in a project that one of them has been in. Uh, Matt Mercer. Of course. Matt, Matt Mercer voiced Luke Skywalker in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dead serious. Just looks it up. Wow. I bet they at least met. Yeah. I wonder what I wonder what Mark Hamill voiced. <laughs> Some Stormtrooper three, yeah. <laughs> it's like Daniel Craig as a Stormtrooper in uh, one of. Uh, is it? Was it the Force Awakens? Or the Force Awakens. Everybody was a Stormtrooper. Yeah, like and their favorite also... Stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh wait, who are we talking about? Are we talking about who Mark Hamill was in Force Awakens? No, I was, I was talking about uh, Daniel Craig being a stormtrooper. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Anthony yeah. said he was probably a stormtrooper, stormtrooper number three in Battlefront 2 or something. Gotcha. Yeah, because Mark Hamill was, um, ro wait, oh, no, he was robot bartender in The Mandalorian. Mark Hamill was. Hmm. I believe it. Yeah, Mandalorian also did the same thing where they, uh, and Simon Pegg was the, uh, was yeah. uh, the Fourth fucking, mm. yeah. Which one? Which one according Yoda? to, Yoda? Yep. what? what? <laughs> one of them punched Baby Yoda. Uh, with somebody famous? Oh, it, uh, no, it was uh, Saturday Night Live guy. Hater. Which one? Oh, Bill Hater. Hater. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, no, Sudeikis? you're right. It was, it was Jason yeah. Sudeikis. Yes, you're right. And everybody, yes. like, lost their damn mind, and it was fantastic. Yep. Uh, yeah, according to his IMDb page, uh, Matt Mercer keeps getting tapped for Star Wars games. So, like, he did a voice in... Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. He did a voice in uh, Shadows of Revan. He did a voice in Battlefront Two. So, yeah, he well, probably he, he is an amazing voice actor. Yeah, amazing. yeah. So, I mean, they're they're all great in their in their right. But I mean, out of all of them, Matt Mercer and Liam Liam O'Brien, they are prolific. The the yeah. range that they have. I mean, you know, I love Sam, but yeah. <laughs> he's my He's yeah. he's also you know more musically oriented than voice oriented. Oh, yeah. oh my god! The the story behind their current theme song. <laughs> okay, I I'm I'm not I'm not up to date with it. Lay it on me. He essentially did it in like a half fucking hour. Mm -hmm. Like he did a new theme song. He was like, okay, give me a little bit. He came back like a half hour later. He's like, okay, I kind of got something going, and like he had the whole thing done. Like wrote out and he like he did yep. the song for him and he's like you know I was thinking we could get this person this person to do it and it's just like what the <laughs> fuck man <laughs> yeah. yeah well I mean there's, there's also two beautiful things about uh, Sam Regal his uh, amazing talent and his amazing mustache I think I say a smile but man has a smile that can encompass the sun yeah mm -hmm. that's true. Uh, but speaking of uh, Liam's uh, voice talents, his uh, whenever they, I think it's, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Liam. Whenever they're on Talks Machina and they have a question from Cuttlefish, and he goes, "Cuttlefish." <laughs> so every single time they say Cuttlefish, he goes, "Cuttlefish." <laughs> and I feel like somehow that's how. Travis Willingham spawned macaroni Samsonite. 
Yeah. Oh, and out of the Darrington, can I? I will sometimes latch on to certain characters because they just seem cool to me. Like the idea of them seems cool. Ashley Johnson's character in that Darrington Brigade, I'm like, I want more of that character. Yeah. How badass of a character is that? Oh man, she came out in that fucking zoot suit. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. It was amazing. I I love Ashley Johnson because she usually just plays like Really nice characters, and then when she like turns it on, she's like, "Oh shit, am I, am I switch?" I'm in danger. <laughs> Protect my virginity. Actually, Ashley Johnson has not- gone bad. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, but uh, the, another and a really awesome concept from that was uh, Marisha Ray's character, the the bard, had like the 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 phonograph and just like, and she talked like an old timey newscaster. Yeah, I like I like how it's definitely it was like showcasing like this stuff, but in the future kind of stuff. Uh, the Albert, I thought, was definitely it was definitely a parody character. But then it's like you look at the build of that character, it's like that's it was terrible. That, that fucking worked. So I I hate you for making this. What? what? Oh yeah, because right. he was uh, it it was a barbarian monk or barbarian rogue. I think it was. I'm not gonna lie. I think it was three things. Yeah. I think it was a barbarian monk rogue. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was a Frankenstein Frankenstein character. He did just enough in each class to get the features that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and to be a, I think he was a totem barbarian, and his totem was the owlbear. I was like, oh, no, that's cool though. That I mean, why why don't it's like everybody's like taking bear or wolf, but it's like no no no. Take fucking no! I'm a totem of the duck. Yeah, I was gonna say everybody knows the best totem is the totem of the duck. <laughs> oh man, what was, what was his he name? Was it was uh, um, what was his name? Uh, not not uh, not the actor's name, but uh, oh, the yeah. character's name. It was like Gaynor or something like that, or you know. or something. I thought I don't know. Man, uh, it was it was John Hader, but I, I can't yeah. remember. Oh, hold on. I'm already here. Um, uh, bu- 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 it was gay something. I, I do I, like the idea of there Lion, being... It was Lionel Gayhart. Yeah, Lionel Gayhart. There we go. I, I do like the idea of there being like it's a barbarian, but he uses like happiness and joy. As, like He goes into a rage of joy. It's like, okay. Okay, I like he that. He just starts laughing and laughing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think that like, might have been one of my best, my favorite cameos, or like you know yeah. guest appearances. I was actually going to ask what what what's your all's favorite cameos? Like, Aside from John Hader, who's your favorite one? <laughs> um, uh, uh, Chris Spurt. Perkins. Yeah, Chris Perkins. <laughs> yeah, <Spurt. laughs> yeah. Okay, I, it, he was there for like thirty minutes, and then he was like, "Well, okay, bye." Yeah. I think that that is more just for like what happened, not because of like who like who they were like that what they brought. I mean, really, that is what they brought. But I mean, well, he was literally, oh, that was so literally good. Just pulled from the book, even yeah, all yeah. of the shit. It's like okay, yeah, you just 
you're just this kobold. Okay. Yeah. Just a kobold. I think. Uh, I think Patrick uh, Rothfuss was a really good uh, in the campaign. One uh, was a great addition as a. Actually, no. Who played Zara? It was Zara and. Mode now. I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. I do have to say that I can't remember her name, but the one that played the uh, the Asimir. Uh, oh, that's um, uh, Reading Rainbow Daughter. What's her name? Mika. Uh, yeah, Mika Burton. Um, uh, the, the, yeah, she's uh, what's her what's his names? Uh, well, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, thank you. Terrible with names today. Back on that man's name. I will say, uh, one of my favorite cameos was Kari Payton as Shikasta. Yeah. Yeah, that was real I do cool. love Shikasta. You should know who Shikasta is, don't you? Rick, do you know who Shikasta is? Uh, maybe. The only the only I've only had one guest character that stuck out in my mind. I but I don't remember the the name. He was blind. Shikasta. Yeah, Shikasta. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then yes. Just like yep. this. Okay. I did think he was cyborg from Teen Titans. Yeah, I did think he was super cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah Will Friedle. Will Friedle. That's who. Uh, Will Friedle and also uh, Mary Elizabeth McLynn. Probably some of my favorites from Campaign One. Oh man, or uh, Will Wheaton and the fucking really Will Wheaton curse. For, for the second campaign. Who? Will Wheaton. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, they're probably just like, you keep that fucking curse away from your butt. Right, that's yeah. Fair. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, well, I mean, like, if they were all like li- uh, streaming in, you know, filming it beforehand, he could have. But Twiggy fine. was really awesome too. I like Twiggy. I, yeah. I like, well, I will say this: I think one of my coolest guests for me was Ashley Birch, but not even necessarily because yeah. of her character. I liked her character, but I'm just a huge fan of Ashley Birch since Hey Ash, what's yep. the plan? Oh yep. my god! Maybe we talked about that on your stream uh, not too long ago, right? The what? Uh, on your, I think we talked about her on your stream not too long ago, right? Oh yeah, her okay. and her brother Anthony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm happy to hear that Anthony's, you know, doing his thing too. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen anything he'd been doing, but yeah, he's he's going strong. That's good. Mm-hmm. If anybody hasn't watched Hey Ash, what you playing? Please look it up because it's hilarious, great, and you get to see Ashley Birch very much not being Ashley Birch now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The character of oh. Ashley Birch that she was playing is definitely not the Ashley Birch that you know now. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. Nothing, nothing like seeing her brother walk in the room while she's trying to drop a duke on him on his bed. Uh, that's <laughs> great. She, she is. She did have some uh, some energy and some characters she played there. <laughs> like, like that's some real tiny Tina energy. That's a um, fucking understatement. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it still on? Is it still on Netflix? I don't think so, right? No, it should be on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube now. Because uh, well, it was well, on Netflix was for like a minute. That's the only time I've ever watched it was on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, apparently she was a writer for Adventure Time. I mean, yeah, that's she did on, yeah, that on uh, uh, Life is Strange. Jesus, that was <gasps> get the fuck impressive. out of here. They did one a year ago, and I missed it. What? Well, there you go. We did a new Hey, Ask What You Play in a year ago, and I didn't get to see it. Oh. Yeah, it is, it is on YouTube, and apparently it's also available on Amazon. Oh, cool. Maybe oh. that's where I saw it? I don't know. Okay, the uh, Bioshock episode that they did, 
great. If you if you watch only <laughs> one thing, go watch the Bioshock. Hey Ash, what'd you play? <laughs> Baron, I love it when you're excited about something because I thought that you lost your audio, but really you're just like your mind wasn't catching up or your mouth wasn't catching yeah, yeah. up from your mind. Yeah. Yep. You're just like making mouth. mouth. In my head. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I noticed that you guys weren't hearing what I was saying, so then I had to. <laughs> yeah, I'll get excited. Make the mouth noises. Do the noise. Do the noise your head wants to. Julie, do the thing. <laughs> oh man oh the good old days of internet yeah I, I remember it? watching that when I was living in Virginia and that was I feel like that oh yeah nine years ago yep I was you just aged me ten years thanks for that you're welcome <laughs> oh no they have an episode from nine years ago, season one, Animal Crossing. Oh. <laughs> oh that's still relevant to this day. <laughs> it, tell me about the My before times. Back in my day, controllers didn't used to make sense. You just grabbed it and just went with it. <laughs> yeah, you figure Remember it out now. Old movies? Now they just <laughs> link them on the internet. <laughs> you think gaming is your ally? <laughs> Molded by it. I didn't see a wireless controller until I was already a man. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, oh no! I'm ready for the uh, Critical Role video game. I don't know if it's ever going to come. It probably won't ever come out, and that's yeah. that's totally fine. But I would love to just. I mean, technically, uh, technically, you can play Vox Machina in Pillars of Eternity too, but it's not the same. Yeah. Okay, I want to be Grog, and I want to rage dig is what I really want to do. I know. Also, yeah, fuck shit up. I know that in the new darkest, uh, dark Alliance game, Joe can't pronounce his last name's character. Yeah. Joe Mangalio um, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I know his last name. Can't pronounce it. Not going to yep. try. Um, <laughs> his character is one of the characters in the game. And I think that's what you'll see out of a lot of critical role. As far as video games go is there will be dungeons and dragons games. Mm-hmm. And their characters will be in it. Yeah, um, I will yeah. this. I would love to see them do like kind of like maybe a reskin, or just like kind of make a new game in the same style of the old Dungeons and Dragons uh, arcade game, except mm-hmm. throw like box mocking, uh, uh, like yeah. a side scroller beat them up. Yeah. You know what? They could probably say Dragon Mountain again, Baron. I was like, it's gonna happen. Don't worry. <laughs> They're probably they could probably throw that together in like an indie game jam and like yeah. like, yeah, yeah. like something like, yeah. Okay, if we're talking about old school D and D games though, did you guys ever play D and D Heroes for the original Xbox? Ah, what a fucking game! I love that. Are, yeah, so like you're was... you're actually trying to age them more. No, I, <laughs> oh, yeah, the I'll, Xbox, I'll, the ancient I'll, I'll, game. It was similar to Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and kind of like Diablo style, running around, fucking shit up, getting loot, all that good stuff. It was uh, Taylor's oldest time. Yeah. I, will, 
I will say this. I kind of gave up on D&D video games when I played Heroes of the Lance. I don't I don't, I don't think I played it. Yeah. There, was a, there was a Dragonlance Nintendo D&D game. Wow. It that was, was I mean that was a lot horrible. It was horrible. D&D games <clears throat> video games have never done really well. A Boulder's Gate did okay. The second, one, I mean, the third one that just came out, uh, it's still a defeat determined. Um, same with the the, the new, um, um, the one you were talking about with Drist and Caddy uh, 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 Bree oh, yeah. and all of them. Uh, Dark Alliance. Dark Alliance. Thank you. Because I mean, that's a that's a. Is it a reimagining or a sequel? I can't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, D and D games have never done really well because their fan base it's don't want to play. Thank you. Uh, their fan base doesn't want to play a video game they think they do they don't you need to they need to stop trying to make D video game and they can take the lore all they want but same with the movies like I'm, I'm really i have i really hope the movie does really well i don't have unless no. they they really they it's, really go with the campiness you just actually just blew my mind just you saying that because it's like you're right any fan of D. They don't want to play a video game. They don't want to watch a movie. They want to play fucking D and D. And like you may think that that's what we want, but we don't. We just want to play D and D. So yeah, they should make these video games for people who play video games. They hey, well, you know what? You you become a magic scheduler, and you <laughs> you get to decide everybody's schedules. All right, and then the best, you can talk about it. But I will say, should though, that be the video game right there? Is just. Uh, scheduling, uh, yeah, scheduling like, event planning, um, but just to play like <laughs> it's just some indie just game that you can get on Steam for free, and you're just trying to schedule as many D and D games as possible <laughs> around everybody else's schedule. That oh, would well, be Dungeons and Dragons, a video game right there. Yeah, if I the best, mode, they're all shift workers, and they work <laughs> in food service. Right, <laughs> you're fucked. I will say though that Baldur's Gate three, uh, it's fun, but I fucking hate having spell slots like spell slots in a video game is the dumbest fucking thing ever and i hate it so much yeah, i also i also hate the rolling to see if something works i hate that too i i realize that now like i i get it i understand it was a mechanic back in the day with like kotor one and two it was a d20 system but i didn't have to witness it fail it was just it was determined uh and the fact that the, the the fact that I can witness it fail, I'm just like, I hate this. I, I really don't like this. Don't don't show it to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if it's gonna fail or pass, if it's randomly determined, whatever. Just don't show me. Just don't give me the hope, or like it, that it, it might pass. <laughs> the uh, best Dungeon Dragons video game I ever played was Dragon Age. Okay, that's not D and D, but also. It, it, I love I love I, Dragon Age, but it, but it's not. It it's, totally it's is. high fantasy. It's high fantasy. I mean, and when we get when, when we I, if we're if character creation and the way the powers work and all that kind of stuff. Okay, if we're if we're getting if we're getting into that, then it's all technically Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Yeah. And if anybody wants to hear our opinions on that, we do have a Lord of the Rings podcast yeah. that's going to extensive detail about how D and D is just Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> that's D and D is just Lord of the Rings, fair. but with more flavor. I... Well, not not flavor as in lore, but flavor as in ooh, that's spicy. Oh yeah, you can <laughs> taste it. Um, I Why is love it Dragon Age. 
I love Dragon Age so much. Yes. It's one of the best. It's one of the best series of games of all time, and I'm so excited for Dragon Age Four. Oh man! If you like Dragon Age, you might actually like D and D Fourth Edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, okay. Fourth Edition. You know what you'd love is Neverwinter Nights, an MMO that you can download for free and that, play. That's true. If you I, like Neverwinter Nights, let me tell you about a game called World of Warcraft. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Hawkins. We'll never see you again. If you like World of Warcraft, let me introduce you to this game. Shoveling your cash into a burning dumpster fire. If you like that, let me tell you about all the books that this Wizards of the Coast company have called Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, shit. It's gone full circle. If you like shoveling your cash away, keep in mind that Critical Role is putting out all kinds of new merch on their Critical Role store. And... They are uh, doing charitable events that you can donate to, which I'm sure you could go and uh, check out yourself. Hashtag yeah. not a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, Hashtag... I would fucking love it if they were. <laughs> God damn. I would suck Critical Role's dick so hard if they sponsored us. Collect that, Matt Mercer. Fuck you, and he will. I would suck Critical Role's dick. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I would do that without the sponsorship. Like, is that a guild decree or from you? Fucking free. I would suck Critical Role's dick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought there was, only, there was, there was only one one decree that could happen. Oh, no, one per person. One, one per person. Oh, yeah, one per person, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah you just one in the chamber. Oh, that wasn't a real guild decree. I didn't slam on the table, so we're good. I would okay. still do it. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but um, I mean, speaking of, uh, if you like uh, shoveling your your money into a, a dumpster fire, then you'll love the now new book that Wizards Ghost is putting out about the Feywild. Uh, the are they really? Yeah, it's been announced, officially announced. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is now thrown okay? his chair. <laughs> Stop taking my money, please. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, I was just know. reading something because I was trying to find like Fey lore, and I'm wow. like, man, why has nobody done this? And like, I found an article. It's like critical, or, uh, critical role. Uh, the, you know the topic. Oh, we keep we're terrible at this. Uh, they were talking about like you know Dungeons and Dragons has never done any um, kind of Feywild lore, but here's some other options that you can use. And I went and looked into these, and I think there's have a ton of things in my shopping cart. Glad I didn't buy them because if this is going to be a thing. Uh, fantastic. Shit, when is that? Oh, fuck. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm looking up now. Uh, maybe that was just for Unearthed Arcana. Hold on. I have Aww. to... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Before I make a real ass of myself, I, I know it's our, It's already been done. It's fine. It is Unearthed Arcana. Folk of the Feywild. But, okay. I mean, Unearthed yeah. Arcana, like, that's how Ghost Assault March happened. I mean, all of this. Yeah, Unearthed Arcana is just a beta test. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Give it a owl folk, rabbit folk. Though I the, mean, look at all. Do you okay, got that new? So raven. here, here's here's what like, I was thinking of. They're they're releasing a new book called uh, "The Wild Beyond the Witchlight," which is a Feywild adventure. Uh, that was. Oh, I mean, that's sorry. also. Still, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a compendium of some sort. Yeah, I, I I don't really get the I don't really get the uh, adventures because they. I mean, I don't ever get a chance to run adventures for people. I I fucking do. Take more of my money. (laughs) I'm actually hopefully going to be running stuff. Maybe I could get some new players and sit them down and actually take them through the adventure books that I have. But the source books that they put out, though, the Ravenloft book they just put out, the the Theros book, which 
Oh my god, I'm still horny over. Tasha's <laughs> golden of everything. Oh yeah. Oh, Tasha's oh my god. god is the best thing to come out of D D since D D. Yeah, I firmly agree with that. So Tasha's yeah. And, yeah, and here's here's the thing, and I'm gonna say it: Rangers still suck. <laughs> they didn't used to though. I got it. I I'm once again. I got I got to disagree, man. The Swarm Rangers. Look, oh, I, Swarm Rangers. I played I played a Gloom Gloomstalker Ranger, uh, where the uh, the one shot that we were in where we were in a like a a, a dungeon. So uh, of course there's fucking no light or it's it, you require dark vision. So I'm invisible to everyone. It was amazing and I loved it. But you know, uh, Rangers can be are genuine are generally very situational. Now Tasha's did add uh, instead of like the favored foe, they now have the whatever whatever that that are the optional rules for it, which helps it a lot. But. <laughs> Swarmkeeper, I'm telling you, Swarmkeeper is nasty. It is nasty. We'll, we'll just have to do a one shot. Uh, we're all rangers. Dukes, all rangers. Yeah. No, I'm I'm down with that. I'm so. God damn it! No. I, no. I, I, we have to do the Joe Cat one first, where we're all clerics and we're the, called the Amen. <laughs> wow. I have been wanting to do one shots or even whole campaigns of where we just choose one class. Yeah. Like everybody's so like, okay, this time we're going to do the all rogue one. But the all rogue one would be fucking fun, dude. An all rogue one would be. You want to talk about nasty? Like, Man. oh hey, oops, we're all skill monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I call we're the all, We all have expertise in sneak everything. Speaking yeah. of, who do you think is going to be the rogue in the next campaign? Mm. Travis. Travis. Yeah. Are we sticking with Luke though? Uh, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. If Travis, whoever plays the rogue, has to play Luke. Yeah. Sorry, Luke has to be in the next season. Is that your decree? Yeah. You know what? Yes. Yes. I say it. Make it official. Guild decree. Luke Bernardo needs to be in campaign three. Wow. (laughs) There we go. That's a player character. You hear that, Matt Mercer? Fuck you. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, you didn't say as a player character. Wow. (laughs) Damn it. Curse you, Matt Mercer. <laughs> you Explain everything on Matt Mercer. That's actually the perfect waste of a guild decree, then. Because <laughs> he comes back to curse you, Matt Mercer. All right. Guild decree. Always blame Matt Mercer. Uh, and since since we're at pretty much at the two hour mark and I and I only got one left, guild decree. Fuck you, Matt Mercer, unless you're on the Caster's Guild, in which case, you're cool. Right. <laughs> and we'll collectively suck your dicks. Collectively, yeah. yes. Collectively, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Can Travis be I, there? And all of you, not just Matt. Especially Matt, but all of you. Yeah. We can we can work out a round robin situation. Yeah. Call me yeah. I, I've seen it. <laughs> Call me Happy Pride, everybody. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> always, always sunny in Forgotten Realms happens. <laughs> the gang sucks critical roles, dicks. <laughs> no, man, I'm never going to do that. They totally did. <laughs> wow. Can you really top that? Oh, well. 
Anthony I mean, can top anything, but you know, they can for a reason. Well, you can certainly try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, you want to go ahead and wrap us up, put a bow on this thing? <laughs> it's a topping. <laughs> Wait, wrap up. I thought we we're going in raw. Oh. <laughs> Rules as written, you fucking dirty jerks. <laughs> Rules as written. <laughs> oh, well, no. as, you, as you can tell, Critical Role has had a profound impact on D&D as a whole, as we have proven time and time again that we can take Critical oh. Role and turn it into any other D&D conversation and then bring it right back. They're... they're you know, we we joke, but I I think that they're great people. I don't think I'm going to get much of a, a argument from anybody on this table, at least. And if, if you haven't watched anything, at least go and watch their their little sum up videos that they've been doing. Mm. It's a great story. It's it, it's great inspiration for any of us that are uh, running games, any of us that are playing games, and. And I really, really hope that their impact and their influence on this hobby of mine that I love so very much keep growing and good things keep happening to them. them. And they keep doing the show until Ronan gets to play as well. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) If uh, anybody liked what you guys had to say uh, and they want to find you somewhere else on the internet, where could they do that? Yeah, so uh, we are... uh, I'm the... Anthony, uh, the Disco Daddy on the socials. Uh, we are part of a community that we're building of content creators around the nerd uh, community where we are the Phantom Encounter table or Project FET uh, for short. Um, yeah. You know, it's not it's not it's not a sex thing, but you know, as as this conversation has kind of shown, it's definitely not not. But yeah, we're we're building a whole bunch of awesome content for you. Um, and I mean, Josh, if you want to tell them about the podcast that were uh, one of the content creations initiatives. Yeah. So uh, Anthony and I are working on a podcast currently still recording uh, called Parent Back Again. It is uh, it's it sure is a thing that we that is that is happening. Yeah, it's cursed with cursed with unfortunate knowledge. So essentially, we just we take your favorite things and make you kind of hate them but not in a way, not in a way that you expect. So um, if you, if you want to come find us, come uh, find us on the discord. I'm sure it'll be linked down in the doobly-doo um, as well as, you know, some of our other socials. Uh, and hopefully by the time we, uh, we get this uh, up and running, uh, you can join in the, the goblin brigade and, uh, you know, join in on the fuckery. So thank you. Both. <laughs> thank you both so much for being on. You can find links to all that stuff in the description down below. Email us at castersguild at gmail.com uh, with any suggestions, questions, and find us on all the socials. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and we will see you next time. Bye, and, everybody. And Travis Wilmingham, call me, please. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.